0: We're back. The Thrill Me Podcast is back again. I'm your host, Adam. You say that like you're expecting us not to be back. <laughs> well, sometimes I think that, you know, potentially our uh, will to put this on might run out <laughs> somewhere along the line. <coughs> or someone might, I might send you a text saying, let's do this. Nah, <laughs> let's stop doing this. Could happen. Could happen. Uh, it's not going to happen. The podcast is just flying out the door like hotcakes. <laughs> okay, but not potentially. Possibly not hot cakes. not automatic
1: can't, uh, of... can't keep up. We're going to break the internet again. Yeah, that's know, that. right. Well, maybe not hot cakes.
0: Lukewarm <laughs> cakes. More of that that's <laughs> more of that cake that's cooked on the outside but the inside is just shit. It's just runny <laughs> and the like. Last episode we said we'd cover we do a bit of a throw a dart at a board on Netflix with the action films and come up with whatever's there. We decided to go against that. We picked up a movie that we've both been looking forward to for quite some time, and it's called Charlie's Farm. It's an Australian slasher film, and we decided we'd cover that rather than go down the action route. So it's back-to-back horror from mm. this to these two weeks. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Yes. Uh, I finished up Aliens, which,
1: Aliens sorry, which we spoke about last time, yes. and I'm halfway through Aliens, Yes, I've, uh, I can't seem to just knock Not one alien in film one in one sitting, but yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's confirmed my belief that I think they're both great films and they they still are, um, but Aliens is more in my wheelhouse or mm. that action element that it brought in sort of gets to me. Yeah, like I like that one a little better. Um, I watched Inside Out, the yes. Pixar movie. I hear that's really good. Fantastic, really good. I took the took. Uh, the the young bloke along to see it, and yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I yeah. probably enjoyed it as much as he did. Yeah, but yeah. Back to back to some of their best. Good, good. Uh, I watched. What's a really interesting little sort of documentary series? It was kind of it's kind of five episodes of about five to six minutes each, and it was called the Golden Age of Piracy. Yeah, and it was about um, it was about piracy in Australia, based around. A fella in Melbourne who was deciding whether he was going to renew a lease on a video shop. Yeah. And it was really good. Really good setup to talk about some of the issues with piracy. If you're in Australia and you can get on ABC iView, I'm pretty sure it's still on there.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, definitely well worth a look. Covers some of the stuff we've we've spoken at length about to do with video shops and Netflix and piracy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I knocked over a DOCO on Lego. Lego Doco, yeah, forty-five minutes, uh, forty-five minute Doco. I don't know where it came from. I think it was it, it's um, from Britain somewhere. Um, was this on YouTube or? I saw yeah, it on YouTube, and it was called The Secret World of Lego. Fascinating stuff. I'm a, I'm a, sort of back into Lego at the moment through the through the kids. Yeah, but. Um, the documentary is kind of about the company, and it's some really sort of fascinating stuff. Goes into some of their like quality control <laughs> and uh, it's a German marketing company, and, isn't it? Lego, is it um, German or Swedish? Or something uh, like that? I can't remember where it's. It's Billund is the is the place. I okay. can't remember exactly where it is. Um, it's a European company. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, but the city's called Billund. Off it's off the top of my head. I've forgotten exactly what country it's in. Um, sure. But yeah, really good stuff. If you got. You know Any interest in that Check it out On yeah. YouTube And That's about it. I, feel, it I think I might have Watched something else But I can't remember
0: so. Okay I went to The cinemas To see the documentary Going Clear mm. um, About Scientology Yeah Fascinating stuff Yeah I was Really to that really too, Good so. documentary um, Look I, I I prefer not to Put a foot in either camp um, yeah, just
1: don't, um, don't lay the boot into Scientology well, because we might get <laughs> we might just disappear off the internet. <coughs>
0: um, look, I'm not a Scientology person. Careful, just careful. Um, My feeling is you could potentially explain away one or two people as sour grapes, but this is a lot more than that. Hmm. So my thinking is there's some perhaps some truth to this. Uh, how much of it I don't know. Is is Legitimate or not, yep. it's, it's very hard to tell. But the the documentary makes pretty compelling case, so it's it's very much worth a watch. If you can get you get yourself down to the cinema, it's on a um, it's on a dandy. It's yep. only on a dandy. It's well worth to watch. Really interesting stuff. I also caught a movie, a, a sort of a drama that my wife, me and her decided we'd, we'd give have a crack at. It was called Still Alice and mm-hmm. it was about um, a doctor who gets diagnosed with early-onset de- um, Alzheimer's disease and she starts trying to, I don't know, deal with that and how her family deals with it. It was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Julianne Moore won an Oscar, I think, for it. Yeah. Um, really, really interesting. You can just see what it would be like, I think, from both perspectives um, to have someone who's in, in the family who is has got Alzheimer's uh, or a family, me- you as a family member trying to deal with it. I think it'd be a really, really tough situation. it was quite a good film. So, to start a horror and
1: action movie podcast with that collection of stuff we just put out there, <laughs> any credibility that we had has just been stomped all <laughs> I'm over. I'm just telling you what I've seen. Right? No, no, I was including myself. In oh that, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to kids see movies. Pixar movies and Lego documentaries, <laughs> nah. and you're watching them. Touching, I watched Alzheimer's movies, touching everybody. dramas and
0: docos on Scientology. Okay, I went back to Action today. I watched Stakeout. 1987 Steak ah, yep. Stakeout. Yep. Love that movie.
1: I was thinking Love Going it. Clear probably had a bit of action once these people left Scientology. They probably had to, probably
0: had to punch on a little yeah. bit to actually get out of the compound. and Then after that, they're running for their lives. <laughs> yeah, you're not far off there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched Stakeout, 1987. I really love that movie. I think it's great. Still holds up today. Really enjoyable, sort of buddy cop actioner. And and yeah, I think it's the sort of movie too, as I watched it today, that it would be right for a remake. Mm. It'd be the sort of thing you could probably do now a little bit more technologically, I guess, with all the technology, but I think it would still would still work. And that's that's me. That's all I've watched. Right. right this week. So touching dramas hard any docos <laughs> Lego documentaries are you turning off <laughs> because I know I am <laughs> all right well, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back in for our movie we're covering not uh, 2014's Charlie's farm <laughs> just one of those
1: campfire horror stories.
0: Charlie's Farm, written, produced and directed by Chris Sun, who's done a couple of smaller films. I thought you were going to say Steven Seagal. (laughs) (laughs) No, this one's not as bad as the exception (laughs) to that rule. Uh, Daddy's Little Girl and Come and Get Me. The cast includes Tara Reid as Natasha... Uh, obviously, we know her from American Pie and Van Wilder. Nathan Jones as Charlie, he was in Troy, Mad Max: Fury Road, and The Protector. Mm. I believe it's a Tony Jaa one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and a um, and a wrestling career as well. Yeah, also so a strongman know. career. Yep. Shit, and he was, and I believe he's been in prison, yes. and he's got a degree in economics. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. This an interesting character. Uh, no he's no dabbled in it. a lot of different fields. He has. Fields, yeah. there. Kane Hodder. Who plays Tony Stewart? We know Kane from he played Jason before he's in the Friday the 13th franchise, four films, I believe, to uh, mm. Friday the 13th, part seven, all the way up to Jason X. And Bill Mosley plays John Wilson. He's in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, House of a Thousand Corpses, and The Devil's Rejects. The movie was budgeted at an estimated $3 million. Obviously, there's no box office. I think this is a direct video on demand film. Or uh, had a sh- had, had a, a short run in America, I think. Yeah, it had a brief
1: brief cinema crack here, but I think it was more like um, just sort of uh, taking it for a screening in each city rather than actually yeah. getting getting some cinema time, which was a bit of a shame.
0: Yeah, that is a shame. Look, the the basic premise of this movie is classic slasher movie setup. Four friends decide they're going to um, go out to the, I guess you'd call it haunted. Farmhouse known as Charlie's Farm Where some pretty ugly things went on uh, With the family there When they get there They stumble across The once Young Charlie is now a Seven foot 300 pound Killing machine And he proceeds to butcher them One by one General thoughts on this one Jared I Had uh Really high hopes.
1: I was really, really wanting to like this movie um, because it was one that both of us had sort of seen and followed since we'd heard about it. And um, yeah, I was I was pretty happy with it. Mm. I was pretty happy with the way it turned out, and I would uh, really like to see more. I hope they I hope they continue the character because I think it. I personally would like to see more of it, and I'll probably be following. Um, Chris Sun a little more closely because I know he's got a, I think he's got a um sort of a a Razorback giant, back style yeah, a, ra- a Razorback style movie called Boar I think yeah. it is in the works so I'll be I'll be uh, looking out for that one and uh, yeah I reckon it's probably about a three out of five I I, I really was hoping that you know it was going to be an absolute gem and knock it out of the park it didn't quite get there no but I saw enough that I was really pleased with it I'd definitely go back and watch it again and I'd like to see
0: see a bit more from Charlie, I would totally agree with that. I think three out of five is a pretty good number for it. It's one of those films, and look, as we get deeper into it, you, there'll, there'll, there'll be some likes and dislikes, and they'll probably sort of even each other out. And it may sound a little bit harsh, but it's very hard to dislike this movie. I think from a slasher movie a slasher fans' perspective, it was a it was a sort of a love letter to us fans, mm. especially from it seemed to be from someone who's obviously got a real interest and affinity for the genre, yep. and I think he does a pretty good job. Yeah, and, and he and does. On, on a short budget, on a small budget, I think he gets a hell of a lot out of it. I'm like you. I don't think it hits it out of the park, and there are some reasons for that, and we'll go into that, but it's impossible to dislike it. I think they really, really do a lot with not much, and I think Chris' son has a f- pretty solid future. Yeah. I think he's going to be th- someone that might be quite – you know, perhaps in the James Wan type of, um, if we're lucky, he gets some opportunities in the future. Yeah, I hope he gets a look. in. You know, I was going to say, I,
1: I think adding to what you said about how he, um, how he sort of crafts a, a fairly solid slasher, I think he also does it in a uniquely sort of Australian fashion. Mm. And I was really happy to see that he wasn't just sort of copying. Um, yeah, it of copying of American, yeah, it wasn't copying American or some. Yeah, it wasn't copying American setups and things like that. Um, they actually had sort of Australian locations. They had Australian sort of, you know, like a pub setting that turns up and you mm. w- you look at it and you think, yeah, that that pretty much resembles pubs I've walked into in small towns
0: and things uh, that, that made it Australian, which I really, really like. Yeah, and I think jumping straight into the likes, that's probably one of the first likes, is that uniquely Australian touch to the film. Yes, there's American cast. Yes, <clears throat> you know, certain actors have probably been hired for... Certain reasons, um, Kane Hodder, Bill Moseley—you know—they're horror horror guys—and yep. and it's a smart. It's smart casting. Yeah, you know, it was. It's smart yep. casting because you're going to get some fans who are going to want to see them. The film very much looks like it's you know it's shot in the in the outskirts of Victoria and all that kind of stuff. I think it's it's very well shot for for a movie on this kind of budget. Yeah, I agree. I, it, I looks, it, it looks it looks f- as good as any other film that I've seen in the cinema.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's very well, well um, shot and and well, well handled as from the directorial standpoint as well.
1: Yeah, and and touching on what you said about Bill Mosley and Kane Hodder, I think that was a really, really good good uh, touch to get both of those guys and put them in roles that uh, they weren't big roles, but they were big enough that you actually get a. Uh, like you said, that collection of people that will watch a movie just because it's got those names on it. Yes. Tara Reid, that was probably, you know, to get some level of, of fame attached to it.
0: Yeah. And. Um, it's kind of a more of a stunt, potentially a stunt casting type of move. Well. Because it was around that time she was doing the Sharknadoes and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Maybe and maybe you I'll, just get lucky. Uh, you, you put her out there.
1: I, my personal feeling is a bit of that, but probably more of what you can afford on the budget. Yeah. So to get to get a a, um, a name like that on a on a pretty small budget, putting that in with uh, Kane Hodder and Bill Mosley and personally Nathan
0: Nathan Jones is getting to that that well, sort of point. To me, Nathan Jones is actually the star, and well, and, and he makes it. He gives a solid performance well, as a. As a deranged killer i think he's quite good on the back of mad max he's his profile's gone up a bit but he already had um
1: again he, he's got a collection of people that know who he is there's the martial arts movies that he's been in there's asian the cinema yeah there was a,
0: he's done a lot of asian martial arts flicks yeah so
1: he's done chris sun's done a really good job on the, on the budget to get four names like that that are actually going to attract a bit of bit of interest there
0: yeah and look there was a bit of buzz about this movie in australia yeah, well yeah, I, people were talking. It wasn't it wasn't something that just sort of popped up and we went, Oh, where'd this come from?
1: Yeah, it, i saw it on um uh, even on Morning T V one yeah. time. They interviewed Tara Reid. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. So to get to that stage of, of visibility, I guess, was, was pretty good.
0: Yeah. I I think they've done a great job to get that that far. I think the gore effects are excellent. Yeah, They're on really par good. with anything else we would have seen in any High budget film Really Again, good Again I think they hired that He hired very well With the money that he had
1: Yeah Not only that But um, Charlie looked great Yeah, yeah The yeah.
0: special effects on him made, it,
1: made him look really cool
0: Yeah and, and look Having an actor of that size But with also A bit of agility And you know Speed about him makes for a nice touch yeah the fact that
1: he was as big as he he is i mean nathan jones is a massive human being yeah so to get a guy that size and then you know slap a bit of that makeup on him and have it look really good yeah the character was
0: really imposing in the movie that's right i touched on it early on when we were just talking in the general side of things it feels like a a real love letter to fans there's Multiple homages to other films. There are mentions of Freddy and Jason and several other horror icons. You've obviously scene, got like you already Kane said. Hodder, Bill Mosley. You know, there's even a little scene where Kane Hodder's walking around in the in the farmhouse and it's dark, and then he hears some movement and he he stops for a second and he goes, "Is that you, Jason?"
1: Yeah. It seemed like the yeah. the, uh,
0: the bloke's character name was specifically to have that yeah. little moment. but and I thought that cool. was a nice little moment. It was yeah. a nice
1: moment. It didn't um, come off as too cheesy. Like it was kind of, you know, you knew exactly what it was doing and it played off, but you were sitting there smiling about it. You know, you yeah. weren't, weren't saying that that didn't, that didn't, didn't, really, really, work. didn't really work out. Well, it I, thought out it was, really
0: I thought it was really, the homages just give the movie that touch of that Chris' son is a guy that is interested in horror and prepared to go, like someone, as I said, I I don't want to compare him to James Wan, but I guess I'm looking at it from the point of view of guys like James Wan have been able to make very successful horror films on little, limited money. Mm. Now, that money's gone up over the years, but Saw was a million bucks. Yeah. And made a lot of money. Now, I'm not saying that this is Saw, (laughs) but what I'm saying is I feel a guy like Chris Sun... Just based on what he's done here, I see a lot of potential and I see a guy that potentially could become somebody who's giving us regular horror flicks in Australia. Yeah, I hope so. We've had these discussions repeatedly, Jared, me and you, about what's going on with Australian cinema, why isn't there any good genre stuff, what's happening out there. Mm. And this is a sort of movie that I think fills that gap.
1: Yeah, I think this is one of those ones that just got, got what it needed. I think there's these sort of people out there um, but he got what he needed to to get this movie made. Mm. Um, so it's just a matter, I guess, of getting the resources and and that sort of thing. So I'm glad that he did, and that yeah. we got a movie like this.
0: And it just seems he's very passionate because the film is yeah. a real passion project. By Definitely, I
1: think that's what helps the the movie go sort of beyond its budget. I suppose yeah. is that he knows he knows what to give the audience and what might uh, satisfy people who are after this this sort of movie. Yeah, and he does it. Yeah. Fart gags. It's a winner. It's always a
0: winner. <laughs> fart gags. Cannot go wrong. What What have we stooped to here? But honestly, <laughs> there's a bit of a fart gag from a bloke <laughs> by the name of Donkey. and there's a character by the name of Donkey who I believe is called Donkey because he's got a massive cock. He lets loose with a couple of farts at one point. I can't believe this has been included in the likes, but we pissed <laughs> ourselves. We thought it was the funniest thing ever. Well,. Lowest commons denominator. Call me low brow. Awesome.
1: Yes. Low lowest commons denominator, low brow. Right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Hit the
0: mark. And I think again, it falls in with that B grade sort of slasher aesthetic mm. that a fart gang's gonna get something for, you're gonna get a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it just fits in with that kind of yeah, you know slasher movies are kind of half tit comedy, half slasher movie, horror yeah. film. And that sort of fit in nicely. Yeah, so did look, the ginger
1: wolverine. Well, I was just going to say, I think uh, some would call uh, some would call fart gags lazy. Uh, I say, when it's well placed, catch you off guard, I'm in stitches.
0: <laughs> I mean, if I farted right now...
1: <laughs> well, that wouldn't be well placed, because I'd, I'd probably expect it from you. So that would be lazy.
0: Yeah, there was also a joke about they meet these guys... Uh, this guy and his girlfriend, um, a bit later on, and Donkey refers to the guy as a ginger wolverine. Mm. Which (laughs) in itself doesn't sound all that funny, but again, it sort of caught you off guard. Yeah, and and when you see it in the movie, it's delivered well, (laughs) and it does get a few laughs. Now, I wasn't sure whether to put this in the likes or the dislikes. I I agonised over this for, for quite some time. There is a scene where Donkey has nuded up, he's had him going for a swim with some bird, he gets it, He sees Charlie up on the ridge and he goes, I'll go up and talk to him sort of thing, tell him to piss off. Yeah. Comes up, Charlie chops his cock off and then <laughs> proceeds to <laughs> ram it down his throat. <laughs> yeah, look, there was a few things in the movie <laughs>
1: where it was sort of like, when we were watching it, I didn't know whether I liked it or I, or I didn't like it. Could have gone either way, but most of them I ended up in the like because it was played for a bit of a laugh. It wasn't played as like super serious. Yeah, it was pretty full on, but it worked out really well. Other than the fact that Donkey got out and went to chat to him. If I yeah, just, that was. Kind if I'd see Charlie standing there, I'd have been jumping out the other side of the river. But anyway, other than that. I'd even use him a massive dick as a propeller and go in <laughs> the other direction. <laughs> when he actually does get up and talks to him, and then this happens,
0: it sort of worked. It worked pretty well. It's kind of like it's laughable, but it's an inventive and spectacular
1: sort of death. Yeah, it wasn't the same old stuff you were getting, um, and I guess we should have probably seen it coming, given that the bloke, the, the size of the they bloke, kept talking ridiculous. about the
0: guy's todger. yeah. Honestly, is there any other movie where a guy's been killed by his own cock? Oh, I mean, I haven't really I, surfaced the I was going to say, I haven't dug really deep. I to haven't got into real any. sort of sleazy kind of low brow stuff, but I think the answer would be no.
1: Yeah, in this sort of, this sort of slasher coming across one like this, this, is probably the first time I've seen it.
0: Yeah, so it kind of takes you by surprise. Yeah. A bit like Donkey, <laughs> surprised at having his own cock shoved down his throat. <laughs> but it, for some reason I found it to be a sort of a spectacular and inventive type of kill.
1: Yeah, that's how it came off. Yeah. That's what I was
0: saying. If it handled
1: differently, I could see that of being a real real downer, but it worked, worked
0: well. You probably could have just cut that. Two seconds of him reaching down and picking up what looks to be a large dildo. (laughs) Yeah, well, that probably, it was, even then, it doesn't sound,
1: (laughs) dare I use the word subtle, they were kind of subtle about it as as much as you could be in this kind of situation. As
0: subtle as you can be when you see a front-on shot of a guy's crotch with the... (laughs) <laughs> a big spot where his cock wasn't. <laughs> Blood's just jetting out. Maybe of not so subtle about that particular yeah. bit. But <laughs> we get a two-second sh- just snippet of, pardon the, <laughs> pardon the pun, but snippet of him picking up what looks to be like a dildo and jamming it down his throat. Well, here's why we've got
1: it in the likes because you can't talk about it without giggling and laughing because <laughs> it came off. It did pretty it pretty well. It
0: came off pretty well, no doubt. The final half an hour. Is really, really impressive It, it, it ramps up Nicely That last half hour Is just, just balls to the wall Everything's happening Yeah And it's quick And it's, you know There's deaths quickly And, and all that kind of stuff is happening and it's quite Well paced
1: Yeah That was probably the The highlight of the whole Whole thing That last half hour was really
0: I was in the whole way mm. That Unfortunately segues into the dislikes Well before we get there I might just chuck
1: We haven't really gone into it But Charlie himself I've got to go with a big like for that And just to go into the discussion of why It's because we get something a little bit different The closest I could sort of think of In terms of a comparison would be Leatherface But even then He doesn't wear a mask yeah. So you get this angle to him that you don't get from a Jason and a Michael and a, a Leatherface, and it's kind of this angle of where you see him actually enjoying it. Yeah, you see this kind of thing laughing where, and giggling. Yeah, and laughing and spots. giggling and stuff, and it kind of makes him a little little creepier because with the you know the Michaels and the Jasons and things like that, they've got these elements. You know, Michael's the boogeyman. There's no, There's nothing. There's. He's blank. You know, Jason is. Uh, there's a bit of a. Um, In some ways, Jason's a good guy. Mm. There's a bit of a tragic story to him. Charlie's got some of that, but he's never really presented that way. Mm. You never see him sort of... Even when he's being mistreated, there's this sort of gleeful kind of grin on his face as a kid. Then when he gets older, he's... You know, when, when you see him as older, he's still got it. He's still kind of you know, you hear him grunting and then you see a kind of smile on his face mm. and it, it kind of makes him really, really um, intense. Mm. And there's also a couple of things that I hadn't seen. Uh, probably another like on its own was the the scene with Hodder and Charlie when they yeah. kind of get together. Yeah. The first time I've seen in a movie that I can really remember, Hodder is, plays the role of a sort of boxing champ mm. and he sizes up and Charlie's got this big machete and it's the first time I've seen where the killer kind of again he sort of drops the drops the machete and he smiles and, and he, he kind says, of waves him on, on. Yeah. he doesn't you know he doesn't say it obviously we don't hear him saying yeah him he just kind of movie, kind of grunts and waves him on and it was one of the coolest things I was just yeah. I kind of said to you I kind of jumped out of my seat I was like this is awesome yeah. I've never actually seen this
0: before in a slasher and I think but, taking you ramped that up even further by. Putting the uh, the protagonist, the guy against him, is an ex uh, and Jason. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, f- to horror fans, we know who he is. And I think it worked. I was just I was
1: just soaring
0: when that yeah. was on. I was absolutely loving
1: it. Yeah. Um, so I th- I kind of have to chuck those two in. Oh, for sure. Likes, I think I, I think
0: Charlie think. in general was was a quite a solid um characterization for you. Didn't really have a lot to work with specifically, but I think he did enough. In fact, Nathan Jones probably deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, definitely. For taking it in that kind of intense direction and giving it this sort of giggling psycho, but also massive and, you know, formidable. Yeah. All in the one package. Back to the dislike, as I said.
1: Yeah, sorry to cut you off. We segue
0: into the dislike with the last half hour is really, really impressive. The first hour just, it drags. It's just... And I I sort of mentioned this. There's not enough little kind of just seeing fleetingly Charlie in the background or his feet or his hands or something yeah. in that hour to tell us Charlie's around somewhere. Yeah, yeah.
1: They he kind did, of I, missed a real good opportunity. Yeah, I think so. I probably wouldn't describe it as a drag as, as much. I know you sort of felt there was a little bit of that. My feeling on it was there was enough with the backstory. There was kind of enough to get you going. But exactly what you said there, a couple of moments of possibly seeing that Charlie was around at, in certain points. Maybe the first half hour they could have got away with you know, Yeah, of they
0: course, because at that stage we were just getting the understanding yeah. of what Charlie's farm was. And, and then there was sort of enough
1: backstory. The backstory was cut up and shown in a, yeah. a few different spots. There was enough of that to probably get you through, but a couple of those glimpses of him being around or, a, you know... A, a, um, a jump scare or, a, or a, you know, um, seeing him in the background like a Michael Myers sort of thing would have just set it off that little bit. I mean, I can sort more.
0: of understand why they probably didn't go that way because he wasn't that type of killer. Yeah. He was a giggling kind of get-right-in-the-mix guy. Yeah, but, I mean, but they
1: did end up with a little, you know, there's one the, the, scene the, where there is a bit of that, yeah. and I think it probably could have worked, even if you just see him kind of, you know, just pop his head out somewhere and you, you see that he's there. Well, for,
0: for an example... When they get to Charlie's farm, they stop their car. They get out. They they get their stuff on and they jump the fence. Couldn't we have just pulled back slightly, and there he is in the bushes? You can just see his his feet or his or the side of him. Yeah.
1: Well, He's they had you know they had uh, they did that once after this period that we talked about. They actually did that once. There was a POV. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so it would have. It's not like it wouldn't have fit in. Mm. Um, I think a, a couple, couple of them in there might have just put that
0: first hour a little bit, little bit higher. Yeah, it just would have tightened it up a little. I just felt that there was, it was a, it was a loss. Yeah, it was probably a was missed, a, it was something a missed opportunity. You could have got away with a lot. You could have got more out of it. Yeah, more and juice could have you Didn't they? Didn't get that? It could have been really um, because when
1: we actually did see Charlie, we kind of wanted more. Mm. They were they were sparing for a while. Um, and then you you know you you get to see a lot of him towards the end, but and that's I, perfect I agree. setup. That's yeah. fine.
0: I, I can understand that. But the problem was we were starved of him.
1: Yeah, we I didn't agree. see him I at all. all.
0: I think just one or two of those little glimpses would have just wet the appetite a little bit. We saw him once. We saw his feet at the start, at the opening two deaths. But that was it. And then we see him when that girl's asleep and she wakes up and sees him. Standing in the doorway. Yeah, and
1: he was sort of bathed in shadow. Yeah, that, and that was it. that's exactly what you were talking about. Just just things like that. If you had done maybe one or two prior to that, yeah. where we know that he's around and still sort of keep him mysterious.
0: And would've, would've if we could, if we have showed a, some feet, hand, something like that, then shown him standing in the silhouetted in the darkness at his size, you're getting an understanding of how big this prick is. Yeah, he's big. You know what I mean? And then we, we learn that he's not only big but he's aggressive. Yeah. It just I just felt like a missed opportunity. That's yeah. all, you know. I'm not saying that I, I sort of understand why they held him back, but they didn't give us anything. And that doesn't work for me personally. I always feel that just give me a little something, let me know that there's something out there. Yeah. And it'll just sort of whet my appetite for more. Yep. The acting from time to time is a little bit shaky. Yeah, a little bit shaky. Um, I know we talked about this and kind of, in a
1: way, gave it a pass because of the budget, which we've done some, you know, on some movies we've watched. Um, and I mean, we, you, you kind of go back and forth because you mm. get someone like Bill Mosley who's really good, but then you sort of get a bit of drop off at times. Someone like Donkey, even though he has his moments, there's a couple of scenes where he comes off.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's not, not really great. Some of the um, sort of peripheral characters also weren't real flash. Yeah. The guys at the pub and... Um, yeah, and there's not many there, but, yeah, I guess it does come down
1: to... Maybe all the, all the money for acting was spent on those four names that we talked about. Yeah. So they just kind of had to get whoever they could.
0: And, look, Kane Hodder's only in it briefly, but he's fine in the role. Mosley's good in his role, which is, again, short. Yep. Nathan Jones, I think, is really good, but he gets... The luxury of being swaddled in makeup and not having to, have to say anything.
1: Yeah, Tara Reid Tara, was probably a bit of a letdown.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you don't get her for a, for a standout acting ability. No, but I thought she was better than that. Yeah, so did I. And I kind of just got this vibe that it was a paycheck. In some time, yeah. In some scenes, it's just seemed like she didn't even want to. Yeah, wanna she be didn't there. even want to be there. Speaking of Tara Reid, what the hell's actually happened to her? I don't know. Because do honestly. Know. She looked like she was about 50. Yeah. She is way too skinny. Uh, she's certainly a lot slimmer than she was back in the early days of American Pie. I know that was a while ago. But it's just, it's its actually kind of sad a little bit. Yeah. Because she was, look, she was never the world's most talented actress. No. But she had a, I don't know, she was a, a good looking girl and she did have a likability about her in the American Pie films. Yeah. It's just—it seems to she, be gone. I,
1: she I, was, I guess, in a way, she was sort of she was trading on her looks. You know, Hollywood's that sort of place where you can oh, get sure. get by on your looks over your acting ability. In mm. some, in some sense, she's not doing that anymore.
0: Yeah, but basically, in American Pie, she was she was all right. She was yeah. serviceable in that role. She was good enough in that role. Um, not I'm not again. I'm not saying she was a great actress, but she could do that job. Yeah, it just seems that this is not. And again, I don't know what she was getting paid. I don't know what, how long she was on the set for. Who knows? So I don't really know how much opportunity. You know, low-budget films, you're usually only shooting for somewhere in the vicinity of about 20 days. Mm. In a movie like that, I don't think he's she's in that, you know, she's in sections of it. Yeah. But not, you know, she's not on screen for 90 minutes.
1: No, she was in it a lot. But Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether they had... A, you know Limited amount of time with her So just had to run with What they had in certain points But yeah She just I don't know Some, some scenes She just looked disinterested and Yeah But yeah I mean overall I'd probably have to give the acting A, a tick We're probably Probably sounding
0: overly harsh On On her But um The rest of it, it Is probably a tick Look they get they, they get by Yeah The other guys that were hired Um For names uh, do a pretty good job Yeah exactly You're happy with the money You're paying Bill Mosley I think
1: Kane yeah. Hodder You know you never He's a stuntman You never yeah. really got him For his, his
0: Straight up for his acting ability But, but He does the job He yeah. does the job Plus he's there as a Also as a kind of Icon of horror I guess Yeah exactly He's sort of exactly. being selected For that reason too yeah. But I think he does a He does a very Credible job I had no issues With him at all Yeah And I'd have no problem with him being a not a villain in a movie and playing a role that's you know more father figure, which mm. is what that was. But I think, on the whole, yes, you might give it a tick for the top level guys, but I think when and this is the this is where the difference between low budget productions and high budget productions, high budget productions get throw out a casting call and get thousands and thousands of people just to play extras and small roles and stuff like that. People who have training and, and background. It's low budgets don't get that opportunity. Mm. So that's where you get the come down in the, in the, um, the extras and the, and the smaller roles. It just, it, as I said, it takes too long to get to the action. It just takes too long for me. That's a personal thing for me. Yep. It, it just takes too long. The setup is good. And Charlie's story is good, told in flashbacks, but then there's that mid-portion when they get to yeah. Charlie's farm and nothing's really happening.
1: Yeah, I know, probably, again, this probably wasn't as much of a downer for me because I, I kind of dug the, the background scenes. Mm. I thought they filled a little bit of that space. But you're right, there was probably one or two scenes where I just kind of felt like, you know, just just get on with it a little bit. And, and I mean, the movie was
0: only 83 minutes or 85 yeah, minutes, yeah. so you probably... Don't have if you started clipping any more in the middle, you're getting below the eighty-minute mark.
1: Yeah, I would actually. This is probably why I'd like to see more because now that you got the backstory out of the way, it'd be interesting to just see see ninety minutes of of Charlie. Yeah, and yeah. The farm, or however you would do a sequel if you wanted to do a sequel. You did. You wouldn't need to explain all that, you know. The kids getting to it, and I actually thought they—they, they, you're probably right. They probably took a little bit long actually getting to the getting to the farm, but like I said, the, the kind of five minutes of backstory here and there kind of carried me through. But you—you you are correct. There was at least one or two scenes where I just kind of felt like let's just let's speed it up a little bit. Let's get there.
0: Yeah. There was one particular scene that I think we were both pretty down on. The opening sequence, um, when we first meet the four main characters...
1: Yeah. Well, the three of them
0: to start yeah, with. Yeah, the three of them to start with. Every single step of what they're doing is explained. Yeah. it's It goes on for five minutes. Yep. I and that actually, includes uh, get, to, get to the car, get a drink. All yeah, these, I, just the minutiae of the I, whole thing. I thought,
1: I must admit, at that opening two minutes, I thought, what have we got into? Because... <laughs> Again, you know, we've both done limited sort of writing stuff. Yeah, um, I've done writing units at, at university and things like that. And one of the one of the biggest takeaways from that stuff is is you know, in movie scripts, you show, you don't tell. Yeah, you don't have a character there just just blurting out everything that they're doing. Mm. In that opening scene, for starters, you had Tara Reed kind of just sleepwalking through it, mm. but then you had Donkey and the other bloke talking back and forth, and they were saying things like. We, we've got to tell so-and-so to be here by, uh, you know, we, we better tell her to, to get here early or whatever. We'll have to leave at six if we're going to do this eight-hour drive. And then he goes back to Donkey and goes, Donkey goes, yeah, yeah, no worries, mate, I'm going to leave now. I'm going to go and pick up my tent. And I was just, I said to you, they're telling us everything that they're doing. Yeah. Um, so I, I I must say apologies to Chris' son. I had my doubts at that point. Yeah. But it was only that one scene. It turned out after that, I was just kind of like, well, I don't know where that came from because the rest of it
0: was all right. Yeah, it was kind of like there's that clunky bit and I'm like, exactly like you, I was sitting there going, oh, sh- fuck, here we go. This is ugly. But it just kind of snapped out of that funk and it was just like maybe he just felt he needed to quickly tie up the fact that they're going to go camping, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. you got five minutes, okay. I don't know whether that's what it was. He just kind <clears throat> of just... He ties out, it all yeah. up in this big bow in yeah. that five minutes, but unfortunately, whilst doing that, he's explaining everything that happens. Yeah, and it, um, <clears> I'm <throat> I'm happy to say it was just that opening scene. Yeah, thankfully. Yep. Because that certainly would have put a downer and a dampener on things. I think if it had a continued like that. Yeah. It wasn't a scare. It wasn't really a scary movie. Which, yeah. I don't know. Again, is that a dislike? Because I'm not really sure whether they were even going for it. And when was the last time we were really scared in a horror movie? Well, that was what. I, that's kind of what I said to you
1: when you said it wasn't very scary. I was. I, I just kind of said, when was the last time a slasher really scared you? Mm. So I can. I, I can see what you're saying, and I think going back to what we were talking about, a few of those glimpses. Um, when you look at something like Halloween, that was part of why it was pretty chilling. You know, yeah. you'd see someone wander around, and then you just see the, the glimpse of Michael that he's been there the whole time, or something like that. That really yeah. added to the the eeriness and the creepiness of it, and this probably did lack a bit of that. Yeah. It's more kind of, uh, it's more, um, some, of the, some of the kills in that are a little bit shocking. There's a, there's yeah. a bit of gore there to them. Uh, but you're probably right, it's not, it's not flat out scary.
0: No, and maybe scary is not the best way to put it. Maybe it's just more of a, I just don't feel there was any real creepiness to Charlie at all until that last half an hour. And that's when he starts yeah. giggling and, and doing all that stuff. We're getting to see this aggressive monster. Yeah, when you actually
1: saw him, that's where he did get a bit yeah. a bit creepy, and you but, saw him doing that.
0: But we didn't see him for so long that when he finally gets there, yeah, yeah, you're, you're happy, you're excited with it, and you're on board, but it just doesn't it doesn't quite, as you pointed out with Halloween, there's no sort of feeling of, oh, he's, he could be lurking. could be lurking somewhere because they don't give us any of that. They have us one POV, (coughs) excuse me, and him standing in the doorway and that was it. And then suddenly it's full-on balls to the wall and that's what's happening. So I'm not knocking that because I get the feeling that was probably what they were going for anyway. They weren't weren't considering that Charlie's going to be some sort of stealthy killer in the background. Yeah. Because he wasn't. It just kind of took away from that, and it's, mm. and, and it's interesting that that sort of folds back on what we were saying at the start. One of the major dislikes is that the fact that they didn't put the, they didn't just they missed that opportunity to just ramp it up would have given it another half star. Yep, yep. In in my book, if you put those things in, yeah, I
1: um probably a fairly minor dislike, but probably the last one on the on the list is the um the ending. It just felt a little bit abrupt, and it didn't didn't ever sort of uh, feel like it was a bit of a surprise or there was no sort of – it wasn't very dramatic. It was just kind of there. Yeah. That was a little bit disappointing. But, again, it was fairly standard, fairly standard slasher finish. Yeah. Um, but it just felt a little bit abrupt.
0: It would have been nice to get some proper closure perhaps or yeah. – Give us a, a little sting in the tail for a possible sequel or something. Yeah, yeah. Also, it never gave us the final girl v killer battle. Almost it did, but no. then it kind of pulled the rug out from under us. And yeah, a little bit. There wasn't there wasn't a great deal to it there. <clears throat> you know, you didn't have the the final girl best the killer, and then for him to jump back up. That kind of thing, or yeah, they there was a little, out. there was a little bit of that, but it was it was very sort of low key, very, yeah. very, um, very quick. And again, that's a minor dislike because I think that was the filmmaker's intent from the start to just have Charlie as this incredible killing machine that really was never going to be stopped. Yeah. Look, overall, I think it's a quality, a reasonably solid film. Yeah, and probably, there's so much potential here, um, either as a sequel or just with Chris's son in general yeah. going on to perhaps could follow on for some more genre films in horror. We'll definitely be keeping on definitely <clears> keeping,
1: an eye, <clears> on <throat>, on keeping an eye on it. Yeah, um, right. but yeah, I, th- I think you're right. We probably spent as much time discussing the dislikes as the likes, but definitely more in the favorable favorable camp for me. Put it
0: this way, I could throw it on, and I'd be I'd throw it on there with it. I would stack it up against a hell of a lot of slasher movies and say it was equally as good, if not better. Yeah, absolutely. And the slasher movie, you know, I I love a slasher movie. Yep. And I think this gave me enough to feel, yeah, look, a sequel might work.
1: Yeah, and he's he's given us a character that... I mean, for starters, we're talking about him, we remember what he looks like, remember what he did. Mm. I've watched countless slashes where by the <laughs> by the day or two remember or after what movie we're was. kind of saying what was his name again? Yeah. Like there was nothing <clears throat> nothing memorable about him. So I think they've really nailed that aspect of it. Um, they've got it they've got a, a villain who could probably stand up against some of those iconic ones and yeah. and I hope they really give it a shake and get another movie or so out of him.
0: Well, that's Charlie's Farm. We will take a quick break and then come back and wrap the whole thing up. Stay with us. That near Mitchell there's a place called Charlie's Farm. They say the family that lived there in the 80s was murdered by the locals. It's like that it's disappeared and everything's been left where it was. Yeah,
1: it kind of freaks me out really.
0: What can you tell me about the place? <laughs> you don't want to know about Charlie's Farm. <laughs> Arnie's back next episode, as is Gibbo, our close mate to discuss the early 90s action sci-fi mixture, Total Recall. Tune in for that one, but until then, keep watching movies, keep an eye on our Facebook, and we'll catch up with you later. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at ThrillMePodcastAustralia or contact us at ThrillMe, all one word, all lowercase, at ii.net. .net.au